Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One way we serve you is through our Team Clark Consumer Action Center that has served you for right at 30 years, providing free one-on-one advice, guidance, information. We are here to answer your questions Monday through Friday, Eastern Time Zone, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. See the details about how to get that one-on-one advice from Clark.com slash C-A-C. In this episode, cars are so expensive now. The highest, oh, well, actually, we've come down from the highest, but the near highest average selling prices for new cars ever right now. Used cars way up in price. You want to buy one that's going to be reliable, not one that you get on a first name basis with a mechanic. So we're going to talk about Consumer Reports' latest comprehensive data on what's reliable and what's not. And there's been so much news about layoffs recently in certain sectors of the economy, Amazon cutting back employment, tech companies cutting back employment, Peloton having a terrible time. So many organizations that boomed during the pandemic now are having serious indigestion and it's infecting those employees. It's also affecting your experience as a consumer. Carvana, one of the stock market darlings, through the pandemic, has seen a collapse in the value of the enterprise. So what you need to know to protect yourself moving forward, the experience you'll have, the dollars you'll spend coming for you later. But right now, I want to talk about what Consumer Reports has found, and their data is so comprehensive that you can trust it so much in terms of What brands that you would lay out your hard-earned dollars for have proven overall as brands? I'm not talking about individual models here. I'm talking about brands that have proven to be the most reliable. Number one at the top of the list in this year's data from Consumer Reports, and this is not just this year's model. This is looking at owners' experiences over the last several years, Toyota the most reliable brand, followed by its luxury offshoot, Lexus. So the Toyota branded products, one and two, the most reliable vehicles you can buy. Number three, BMW. BMW, a luxury brand, an expensive brand, but I want to draw a contrast with their German arch rival. The least reliable of all brands, According to Consumer Reports data, 
coming in 24th place, Mercedes-Benz. So this is a real divergence from these two brands that BMW is in third place and Mercedes is the most unreliable brand that you can buy today. They got a problem they need to fix. Now let's move back to normal people's price vehicles. Fourth most reliable brand, Mazda, followed by Honda, and then Audi, and I'll give one more, Subaru. Don't want to get too far in the weeds. So I've told you Mercedes is the most unreliable of all brands, but who else is there at the bottom of the heap with significant reliability issues? Jeep, Volkswagen, GMC, Chevrolet, and I'll go one more to get this one out there since I drive it and Krista drives it, Tesla. I want you to know this stuff because, yeah, J.D. Power does vehicle reliability and customer satisfaction and all that, but Consumer Reports data is so much deeper, in my opinion, in the reliability space when you look at an ownership cycle of vehicles, and that's why I think this is significant at a time that you pay so much money. Most people buy used vehicles, not new. When you're looking at a used vehicle, concentrating your search among the brands that have shown over time to be the most reliable is really important. The one thing I'd caution, though, with buying a luxury brand that's shown to be very reliable is when something does go wrong with them as a used vehicle, they're appreciably more expensive to get repaired than if it is a typical, normal price vehicle versus a luxury brand. One other thing I wanted to tell you, as far as the most reliable type of vehicle in the marketplace, Consumer Reports found that hybrid cars are more reliable than anything else. I thought that was really interesting because you think about hybrid technology, it's more complicated than having a traditional engine or just an electric power plant. That the combination of the two is a real feat of engineering and it seems like there'd be more to go wrong, but hybrids have proven both in their SUV form and in passenger car form have proven to be the most reliable overall of any type of vehicle you could buy. The least reliable of all vehicles is full-size pickup trucks, maybe because the conditions they operate in, but they are the least reliable. Next least reliable, electric vehicles. I think that's part of the tie-in with uh, Tesla having very low reliability ratings. Krista? This first one's from Logan in Washington. My wife and I have cars that are 18 and 14 years old, respectively. Wow. I'd like to really like to get her a new three-year-old car and pay cash, but it would put my account balance a little low in our online savings account. To solve that problem, I'm considering buying the future car with cash and taking out an auto equity loan and putting that money back in the high-yield savings account and pay off the loan with it over a couple of years. Rates are similar to used car loans, and in this case, I have more bargaining power with cash in hand and keep the title afterwards. Is my plan flawed and bound to blow up in my face? Clark for president. Wow. I agree. (laughs) 
Logan, I would be I the most unpopular president of all time because I'd say, we're not spending that. We're not spending that. We're not spending that. We're not spending anything we don't have. The White House would have Kirkland signature toilet paper. It in would it for have sure. Kirkland signature toilet paper if I could afford that. Maybe we'd buy something cheaper than that. Like the stuff they have at gas stations along the highway. That stuff that's so bad is toilet paper. Anyway, right now you have earned and your wife will enjoy buying her a new vehicle. Because the distortions in the marketplace right now, one, two, and three-year-old used vehicles don't have the price advantage they used to have. So once you get her a new one this time, also, if you're a credit union member, you're going to find that their vehicle, new vehicle loan rates, even though they've gone up, are still really good. And taking out a new vehicle loan would be a fine choice. Yep, I did not hit my head somewhere. Who are you? I did not fall backwards and hit on concrete. It's just the marketplace right now has made my historical sweet spot of three-year-old vehicles really sour. It's not going to be true as we move in late into 23, because the used vehicle market is step-by-step correcting. But right now, it's the case that you would buy her a new vehicle and just get that loan. Uh, You don't like borrowing money, obviously, that you have a 14-year-old and 18-year-old vehicle and you're not going to have the advantage of the depreciation, but what you will have is you'll have the advantage of meaningful manufacturer's warranty for a number of years in the early part of what will be a very long ownership cycle of that vehicle that your wife will try. What if he decides he doesn't want to take that advice? Do you recommend what his strategy is here? Again, I would, at a credit union, you're buying, uh, let's say you buy a three-year-old vehicle. When you buy one and you get a loan from a credit union, most credit unions start really pumping up the interest rate when a vehicle is four years old or older. You should be able still to get a really decent traditional auto loan rate from a credit union on a three-year-old vehicle. Tanya in Pennsylvania says, I currently use three reward credit cards with $0 annual fees, pay my balances in full each month, and have excellent credit. Occasionally, I'm tempted by a new reward credit card offer where the annual fee is waived for the first year. Since I don't like paying an annual fee for the card, my hesitation in signing up for the new cards with rewards is that after I earn the reward, a free round-trip flight, for example, I would want to close the card before the annual fee is charged. I'm wondering how this would impact my credit score or if I should not worry about it. So with your credit score, not a problem to do hopping from one annual fee reward card to another. So let's deal with your thought of getting one that has no first year annual fee. Right now, there are for air travelers, there are bonuses being offered in points that can generate many, many, many free tickets for you. If you're not loyal to any one particular airline, you can look at the Chase Sapphire Preferred which is one that has had pretty good kicks and reward points for signing up and has a $95 annual fee, as I recall. And we have our updated guide to the best of the reward cards available 
you can see, like we including have a some one. that are travel reward cards that have no annual fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at Clark.com, we have not just, like you mentioned travel, but yeah, we have a list of the top travel credit cards um, and that for this year. And then we have a whole list of different best ofs if you want to take a look at that. Well, you know, when you say reward card that have annual fee, almost always it's going to be travel related. And look in the first quarter of 23 for a number of really nice bonus offers on various travel cards because people get into the midwinter blues and the solicitations look really exciting and enticing where they show pictures of the beach or whatever. And so that combination, let's say you have to pay a $100 annual fee, but they give you enough points that that would generate multiple free airline tickets. That's really worth it. Now, after the first year, unless you routinely travel, you routinely use that card and do significant charge volume, you would not want to renew that card. So you'd have some minor hit to your credit, but in your credit standing where you are in rarefied air, no meaningful effect on you at all. David in Florida says, knowing how generous and physically active you are, are you aware of the apps that will convert your walking miles into charitable donations? There are mobile apps that will track and convert the user's walked, run, or biked miles into a monetary donation to the charity of your choice from the app's roster of charities. One of my favorite charitable apps aligns with the animal shelters and rescues. All the miles I walk with my dog become cash donations to support my favorite rescue, which is the same one that rescued my lovable furry walking companion. Perhaps Team Clark could introduce a list of reputable and responsible charity apps for interested listeners to try. And then he listed the two that he is using right now. The one he talked about for walking your dog is Woof Tracks, W-O-O-F, T-R-A-X, and also there's an app called Charity Miles, and we're looking into this at Clark.com. Yeah, I mean, this is so my kind of thing. We'll see what, if there's any privacy issues or how much money actually effectively is going, make sure the organizations are on the up and up, and we'll do a write-up, and I thank you for the tip, because as we're standing here, I am wearing three fitness trackers. Yes, Mm. I obviously have a disorder. But I have my Garmin. I've been in the Garmin orbit well more than a decade. I've got my Samsung that's tracking me. And then my favorite, my Oro ring that tracks my sleep, fitness, tracks my overall health. That's your wedding ring. It doubles. And I wear it. I went from my $11 Walmart wedding ring to this one, this Aura, which was an outrageous That's a lot of money for a wedding band. I mean, who would ever spend that as a guy (laughs) on a wedding band? How much was Mike's wedding band? I don't remember. It's been too many years. I don't remember it all. Yeah, because. But I think that's probably a bargain from what most people spend. And your health is priceless. Or the $299. The $299. $299. It's really been great having it. And I'm really, really into fitness. And it's just my thing. I don't know if it'll get me one more minute of life, but mentally and physically, I feel so much better. Just it's silly that I wear three different trackers. It makes you happy. That's all that matters. I don't know. Lane thinks, my wife thinks it's really bizarre. 
Well, sometimes I have to say you will, I think sometimes you listen to Aura like it's a person. Like you'll be like, Aura says, I'm really, boy, I woke up and I've only got, I've got such a low score today. And I think it can, that can affect you reverse mentally too. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm no, just competitive I with bad. myself. Okay. I'm not happy with my readiness score today. <laughs> For those of you that are aura wearers, I was a 79 readiness today, but an 86 sleep score. Okay. So my sleep score was good. Straight ahead, <laughs> I want to talk about something more serious. The disruptions in the marketplace, both the workplace and for you and me as consumers, because of how people are pivoting from online to in person and how that affects you and me every day, even if we don't work in industries that are having layoffs right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think about in 20, the amazing ability of business owners of all sizes, big enterprises, small enterprises in between, to adapt to survive. And not all were able to do that adaptation. Not all were able to survive. But it's just so impressive what people are able to do who are out there working, trying to make a living running a business from a one-person business to one that employs millions and everybody in between that change is a constant. But what's unusual in the pandemic was how disruptive it was. The lockdowns that went on, the restrictions on daily living, and then the voluntary ones where a huge percent of the American people particularly before the vaccines became widely available, lived away from people with the loneliness that came with it and all the rest, but they did it as a survival tool. And it required that businesses, if they were going to survive, adapt. I think about during the height of 20 and the voluntary lockdowns that were in a number of states, not talking about places that had the mandatory ones, But the voluntary, I remember going to a Longhorn Steakhouse, if you're familiar with the chain, to do curbside pickup because we were being very, very careful. My wife, Lane, was really worried that I would not survive COVID because of pre-existing conditions and really restricted activity till I was able to get my second vaccine. So going to this Longhorn that was near our home, They had how many parking spaces for curbside pickup? 56. 
the inside wasn't even open. And it was all food runners. And they had taken chalk because they didn't have enough signage to mark 56 spaces for curbside pickup. And they just took chalk. And I guess when it rained, they had to go right again. And you just looked down the road to see your space number. And you called in a number. And you got your food. Uh, The point is, we are incredibly creative in our lives. And if you're a business owner there as well. Now, some people can't do that. They have blinders on this, how they do business, and that's it. But it is so impressive how businesses change, how they do business. And so many of those changes are permanent going forward. I think about how many physical stores pivoted to curbside pickup, express pickup, delivery, all that, and did it where their apps had always been a low priority, their websites for ordering had always been a low priority, and they worked it and worked it and worked it, and they figured out how to do it. And when you're in a Walmart, back early in the pandemic, with them doing the grocery pickup, it was pretty haphazard, chaotic, pitiful. But they kept working at it and working at it. And today, if you're in a Walmart and you're on the grocery side, Look at the people with the rolling carts they've come up with, that everything's barcoded, and they're shopping for multiple people at once, and they shop non-refrigerated, then refrigerated, then frozen, and then they go into a holding area for pickup. I mean, the change over two years plus from being completely seat of the pants to very well thought out, sophisticated, amazing. But then a lot of businesses poured money in thinking that they were going to grow to the sky with this new way people were doing things. And nobody really thought through pandemics, no matter how ugly COVID's been, they're not forever. And people go back to living their lives and they revenge back into things they did before. Revenge shopping, revenge travel, revenge eating, all these things, because we are social beings, most of us, and we want to be with other people. We want to be around other people. So what's happened is a lot of businesses are having a rough time now. I mentioned earlier, just briefly, Carvana, which was like they had built a business for a pandemic, and that was not what they were building, but it worked better than anybody else's business model of selling vehicles during the height of the pandemic. Now people are back out looking at more traditional ways. Carvana took on too much debt. They got all kinds of problems. Plus they had operational issues. All the things we talked about with the titles. Peloton's been beaten to death. I don't need to do that. But a company that has really had a post-pandemic hangover of extreme ugliness is Amazon. Amazon has the lowest customer rating from American Customer Satisfaction Index ever. They've now fallen way down the pack of retailers. Amazon is having a really rough time. And you read what people are saying about the problems with Amazon, with customer no service, with messed up deliveries, terrible customer service when a problem happens problems with returns amazon's got a real attitude and operational problem 
then when you go to Amazon, they've broken their trust with customers. I've read several stories about how when you go to Amazon to look for a product, how much of what's there, Amazon made a decision that maybe helped them short term that has hurt their trust factor with their customer. And that is item after item after item is actually paid for play to be there and it's not well disclosed. And so know that when you go to Amazon shopping for an item and you think the ones you're seeing when you go there that are so prominently displayed are actually the ones people have really liked, baloney. It's whoever's paying Amazon the most to be there early. And so trust is something that is so hard to earn. And Amazon so had it. And now, because they decided they were going to take a shortcut and try to score so much money from like supermarkets do with charging display space, you know, charging rent for the end caps and all that, Amazon foolishly decided to go down that rabbit hole and hurt the relationship with their customers. Now, Amazon didn't get to where it is by being a stupid company. And I hope the stupidity and lack of respect for customers of late is something Amazon will get its arms around and fix. But there are many, many adjustments that have happened in the free market that are going to benefit us. I mean, we had so much loss of life, so much tragedy with COVID. And with every tragedy, there's innovation that comes out of it. And there's innovation across organizations we do business with that are very clearly going to benefit you and me and these companies moving forward who innovated so well. Others took the wrong lessons from the pandemic, a la Amazon, and their customers are suffering for it. And eventually Amazon stockholders will suffer as well if they don't make a pivot back to being customer oriented. Amazon is welcome at any time to have a say and a rebuttal to what I've said. Krista? Dave in North Carolina says, I can't begin to tell you how much you and your team have done for my wife and I over the 10 plus years I've listened to you. Shout out to my close friend, Chris J, for finally jumping on the wagon with me. Welcome, Chris J. We have been in the market for a pool for the last couple of years, but the rise in prices over the pandemic scared us away. Do you see the prices and wait times for pools going down in the near future? And what would be the best approach for finding a good company at a fair price? Yeah, the pool market, this fits perfectly in. Pool companies weren't even returning phone calls for a long time in the height of the pandemic is people were hunkering down at home If they lived in a climate that supported having a pool, pool manufacturers, retailers never, ever, ever have seen demand like they saw in 20 and 21 that bled over into 22. And yes, the pool market will return to more normal. There's larger capacity for manufacturing and installation than there used to be in the pool business. It is going to follow automatically that the wait times to have a pool installed 
will steadily decline, the prices will become more competitive, the customer experience better. Now, with pool companies, it is more art than science finding a reliable company to install a pool and talking to people in your area who have one that they put in in the last five years may sound like that's way too um, back of the envelope. I think it's a good place to start. Looking to see what their record is like with the Better Business Bureau is a good thing to do. And taking your time shopping for a company, a style of pool, and staying within a budget is going to be key. And I think you will find, Dave, being post-pandemic will be friendly to your wallet on getting that pool. Let's quickly say we um, had priced out a generator for our house, the kind that like, you know, a gas power generator, not natural gas, natural gas power generator last year. And we are now getting one installed and we saved a bunch of money because the new quote was cheaper than what we had. Significantly cheaper. So yeah. I mean, all the stuff home related. I look at the clearance sales on thinking of, of outdoor pools, pool furniture, outdoor furniture is in massive overstock right now. The deals on them, on that stuff, great. Deals on interior furniture, unbelievable. This pivot from being at our dwellings to being, oh yeah, we live over there, but we're doing this over here, that kind of thing. I mean, we have really, really flipped so heavily towards being out and about versus at home that any of the things for the home that were so pricey are now a better and better and better deal. Shannon in Texas says, can you please explain CD ladder investing and when it would be a good idea for someone? Okay, so first of all, uh, money that goes in savings accounts or CDs is not truly investing. Investing is when you put money at risk. It's where you put your money that you cannot afford to lose. So the laddering concept was very useful to people as interest rates were rising, is not as useful once interest rates reach pretty much where they're going to be, and then not as helpful when rates start going down, unless you need available money. But the concept of laddering in the simplest form is you take your pile of money you can put in CDs, and you divide it into five piles. 20% goes into each one from one year, two year, three year, four year, five year. So that when the first year one comes available after that 12 months, you then put in a five year CD. The reason for that is that historically, the longer term a CD is, the higher a rate you earn. All those kind of things have not really worked in recent times and did not work with interest rates going up of late. So if you're looking long-term, doing a five-year ladder that way, and then as each one expires, the money goes into a five-year, means 20% of your money is always one year or less away from being available to you. But by historical measures, you'll be earning the highest rates. Money you can afford to tie up, though, We're in a cycle where putting as much as you can in five-year CDs will be more to your advantage than being in shorter terms or in savings accounts. 
Colleen in Georgia says, I love Quick Trip's ready-made pepperoni pizza slices that are already boxed and ready to buy. Makes for a quick and inexpensive lunch. So today I bought one and the box was the same size, but when I opened it up, the pizza was way smaller than the usual size they had before. A sad indicator of shrinkflation. Can you ask them why they've taken this action and why don't they just charge more instead of shrinking the size so much? Well, uh, for those of you not familiar uh, Quick Trip is one of the super convenience store chains that are becoming more and more prominent around the United States. Quick Trip is based in Oklahoma and is from uh, out west to the north central like Iowa and then goes as far east as Georgia, southeast as Georgia. And their pizza is like a signature item. I'm not aware that they have actually shrunk the pizza. It may be that one time at that one location, somebody gave you a really small slice. Go back and try it again, Colleen. And if it has actually suffered from shrinkflation, Quick Trip is like all these chains like Sheets and Wawa, Bucky's. They're all very, very customer focused and oriented I would contact the home office in Tulsa and say, what gives here with your pizza? I'm hungry after I eat. And I think you'll find that this was likely a fluke and not a shrinkflation. Could be wrong, but that would be what I would guess. And I want to tell you that was really cruel because now suddenly I'm hungry and I want pizza. So I want to thank you for being with us. I I hope if you haven't, you'll subscribe to our podcast and post a review so we can reach more people. My whole thing is reach and teach. The more people I can reach, hopefully the more people I can empower to take control of their wallets and make a difference in your long-term future. You know, we are a consumption-oriented culture. It is a heavy lift for so many of us to swim upstream against the current and live on less than what we make. And ultimately, that is my overriding principle, is for you to save more and spend less and absolutely never get ripped off. Have a great day.